Worthless power-ups are worthless. It's like a Scottish castle fell over into a giant bowl of chili. I have liquor and no morals. Let's date. You are listening to the After the Fact Podcast. Guess who was hiding behind the door this whole time? It was me! There comes a time in a man's life... Classic gaming by geeks just like you. Isn't this whole podcast a circle jerk anyway, regardless of our opinions? Remember kids, random drops take time away from your life that you could be spending having sex. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. It can't be water. It's gotta be like KY or something, because nothing moves that slow in water. James Dykes. You stand next to him, you shoot him, he jumps over you. You turn around and shoot him again, he jumps back over you. You turn around and shoot him again, he jumps back over you. And you just keep doing that, and the fight's over. And Matthew Coyne. Remember uh, the stuff that the monkeys in the beginning of 2001 used to retake their village and their women? They weren't bones, those were Game Boys. Okay, um, you ready to do this thing? Yeah, let's let's uh, light this dumpster on fire. Yeah. <sighs> Welcome everybody to episode sixty-five <laughs> to the after of the after the fact podcast. I am Luke. I am joined today by James Dykes. Hello, hello, and Matthew Coyne. I swear to God, I'm not a dumpster fire. I swear to God, I'm not a dumpster fire. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Yet we've the matches. I'm holding the match. <laughs> it's right fucking here. I got and that, a can of gas. <laughs> and holding the match, uh, me. It, it starts because of the fact that I'm going to tell everybody that's listening. I didn't fucking play the game this time. Uh, <laughs> Smartest yeah. man on the podcast. Um, so. Uh, this week's episode is going to be uh, all about Shadowrun, uh, and it's kind of a combination episode. I know that James, James, you only played the Super NES version, right? Yeah, I'm really dumb. And Matthew, you played both. I played both, but primarily I played the Genesis Genesis version. version. Um, I, I, when I was a kid, I played the Genesis version some. I didn't mm-hmm. play the Super NES version at all. Mm-hmm. So um, if I... If I chime in in segment two, it's going to be with something completely bullshit, uh, <laughs> just so everybody knows. Um but for the for the time being, I guess we'll start the show like we always do and talk about what we're playing. Um, I'll start because it's it's uh, it's pretty pathetic. Um, the whole reason why I haven't played the game is because I've had too much real life intruding on my life, so I haven't been able to play video games hardly at all. So, uh, yeah, right. The uh, <laughs> fucking IRL, man. Jesus. Uh, the the primary shit that i played i played a little bit of borderlands after the last show with christina and then um borderlands one by the way and uh a little bit of sound shapes which oh god that game is so much fun what is sound shapes by the way so it's a platformer and it's um you've got a little blob for lack of a better term, that sure. rolls around in the platforms. And there are certain surfaces that you stick to and certain ones that you don't. Okay. And as you go through a level, um, it's got a, uh, it's got music that plays, and that music gets altered based on what you collect as you go through the levels. Okay. So there are coins on each screen that you can collect, and for every coin you collect, it adds another layer to the music that's playing. Uh. Um, and everything in the game is music is rhythm based. So all the enemies are rhythm based, all the traps are rhythm based. Um, so if you listen carefully to the music that's playing you can kind of you can kind of hear and see what the the beat of all of the traps and enemies are going to be that's Um, cool yeah it's 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 really good and it's it's on ps3 and ps vita so uh and if and you can play it um if you buy the ps3 version you get the ps vita version for free sure or vice versa so it's, it's pretty awesome um but yeah, I we bought Borderlands one or Borderlands two, but haven't played it yet because we haven't had a chance to finish the DLC on the first game. Okay, um, and this is the first time for a console game that I have specifically bought the digital version of the game and not the retail version because I realized that this is Borderlands two you're talking about. Okay, correct. I realized that Christina and I were talking about you know we we played we played through the entirety of Borderlands one co op we right. I neither of us we I think each of us has maybe five hours of single player on it and the rest sure. is co op right and I realized that if I bought the retail version of Borderlands two I was going to have to pay one hundred and twenty dollars 
to buy two, two copies, copies of two it. Copies, yeah. And then I thought, well, I don't know, I just buy a digital version because then I can <laughs> register it to TPS3s and play it for sixty bucks. And Dude. that's what I did. Um, it so it did be closing that loophole any moment now. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Sony. The, the, I was about to go into that because. When the Sony, when the PlayStation launched, they had a, uh, their, the way that it was set up is that you could actually have your PlayStation Network account registered to five different PS3s. PS3, oh, right. and unfortunately, that meant that people cheated the system a lot. And yeah. so, like Matt maybe had a PS3, and I had a PS3, and we would trade our PSN account information, and every game I bought automatically he got, right. and every game he bought automatically I got. Right. Um, so people were game sharing a lot, and publishers got pissed off and they paired it back to two um which makes sense it's it's not bad it's not bad it it fucks me over because it it there i'm one of the very small segment of just hardcore sony users yeah i have three ps3s in my house so their two account thing Mm -hmm. is one short for me so (laughs) i uh uh, the only way that I can, so luckily it's relatively easy. I mean, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's relatively easy because all you have to do is go into your account settings, deactivate quote unquote deactivate, deactivate a system, and then activate another system. So if I really want to play a game in my living room that's not on in my game room, sure, I can do it. Right. It's just kind of a pain in the ass. Well, it's just, I have I have Kevin uh, Butler in my ear. He's saying, "Go to hell, you thief." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting though because it's like in every other software model, and, and uh, granted, every other software model out there sells. I would say, arguably, more than games. You were talking about you know sure. Office and OSs and, oh, yeah. and la 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 la. Sure, but you can license a certain amount of. Um, of 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 copy uh, licenses per right uh, per purchase like and so, if, like for example if I buy yeah. a copy of Microsoft Office which I recently did mm-hmm. it's licensed to up to three, three machines, machines right. yeah so um, three seems like the magic number to me two right. seems like a little bit le- so two will work for most people. But that's also, um, when you're talking about buying software, you're talking of, like, if I buy a student, the reason I can get it cheaper as a student is because you're only buying a license for one use. One use, right. Yeah. If you're buying it as a regular consumer, at the most, you're talking about your tower and your laptop, so and whatever other tower you might have in right. your home, so they're thinking three. If you or buy potentially it a, a tower and two laptops for two people in a household, or, something or, like yeah, that. But tower right. laptop. Three so makes if, sense. Yeah. Right, and then if you start buying it like the small business or data center levels, then you're talking five to seven licenses, and at enterprise, you're Dell. Yeah, ridiculous. You're Dell or HP. Yeah. I And, and that's the thing. Like I, I understand why they went down to two, because the game sharing thing was kind of rampant with PSN. Oh sure, um, get people a loophole; they'll fucking it, roll with it. And them. it was it's. Um, I'm not sure which version I like better because I know that with Microsoft, with the Xbox, you can you can put your um, you can put your profile on a memory card that goes into oh, yeah. a controller, yep. and you can and and any you can just take that with you. Like you can, you could even put it on a USB, USB flash drive yeah. and you unplug the USB flash drive, you put it in any Xbox and all yep. of a sudden your profile is there and whatever content you have purchased is available. Right. There. And and now and you also have it with your cloud save where you can do that with all your save games too. I, I kind of like that except yeah. for the fact that that goes in the opposite direction a little bit where you can't have the same content on two different consoles. So, yes. So, like in the instance of Christina and I, if we want to play a multiplayer game, we still have to buy it twice. twice. Right. Um, so, I guess I'm 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 in favor of like, Sony's current like setup. Sony, because Sony's works for people that are trying to play multiplayer games on multiple devices. Right. Where Xbox's system works for people that are. Uh, just moving their DLC around or whatever, or, or yeah, or, or just, just, or just have, going over to their yeah. friend's house to go play Halo, or right? Whatever. Yeah, right. it's usually. I mean, to be honest, I mean that the whole design of that was basically I want to play Halo at my buddy's place, but I don't want to sit there and have to do what I had to do in the I keep all original yeah. Xbox and, shit, which was yeah. I had to download my fucking profile, oh, re-log Jesus. in, all of that horse shit, and now they got rid of that. The thing is, yeah. is that I kind of look. I mean, you know, and, and to be fair, I mean, it's it's 
it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a good thing that games is actually games have grown to the point where now we can do multiple licenses per purchase. Yeah, which is cool. Um, I but like I can it. also Don't get me wrong. I uh, can see their point though, where it's like you know, yeah, it's 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 really tough when you're buying. You know, for XB for Xbox, I'm buying two copies of Borderlands Two for myself and my girlfriend, or oh, I'm buying yeah. in on Sony. I'm buying it once. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, not doing something where it's like, hey, I'm going to buy one copy of Borderlands Two, and I'm going to buy a fifteen dollar OEM extension so I can see, get an extra that's, license. That's and exactly that would what, be smart as hell. That is Everyone's exactly happy. what I was about to say. Is that I would kill to see them do license extensions yeah. for these games so that. If I want to play multiplayer within my own household, I pay an extra. I, I'm I'm totally fine with an extra ten dollar or fifteen dollar oh, yeah. extension to a sixty dollar game that allows me to play it on another console. Yes, and every console that I extend that to costs me another ten or fifteen bucks. Totally fine. I yep. just don't want to have to pay for it twice. No, you know. And the 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 beauty of the digital game too is. Um, when it was five consoles, what I liked about that was that it negated the argument that digital games were pointless because I could only have them in one place. Sure. Whereas, you know, because I know that there was a huge argument from a lot of people. Christina Peck, earlier on the in the earlier episodes of the show, mm-hmm. one of her biggest gripes with digital content over physical content was that... Um, if she owns a disc, mm-hmm. she can play that game on any console she wants to play that game on. True. Um, she doesn't she need an internet a, connection. If she own, doesn't need an internet connection. If she owns the digital version, she's fucked because she can only play it on that one console or if a friend ha- happens to have downloaded it, she can have her save file there and she can play it. But right. that's that's yeah. you know neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, and Sony's idea with the five console things was to negate that, right? Yeah. And... The problem with that is that, of course, people exploited the system. Yeah, um, because there was a system of exploited. I still, I'm still grateful that they left the ability to do it on two systems because yeah. at least I can play my multiplayer games. That's fine, um, but it's it's kind of weird trying to figure out where the the you would think that of all the things that. Um, consoles could learn from pc development mm-hmm. that multiple license issue is one of them it'll it'll that take it a while because, like, it'll, because publishers are still used to the, the monolithic uh single copy single license format right i mean that's the way it's been in gaming for yeah 30 years yeah but that's changing i mean i think that it's a lot cha- of it's the- slowly changing like things like steam where i can just i have my stuff on the steam account and then i can just install it wherever i want right well and it's it's also but i as think long it's, as i'm logged into steam at that location yeah i, I mean because from, i think it's actually changing really fast though i i think that one of the things that you see in the mobile sphere right now is that and and, and arguably the mobile sphere is where games are growing like crazy it's not so much in the console sphere mm-hmm. Gro- growing and, in some ways and and uh, regressing in others. Sure, regressing yeah. in others, right. But I mean, but if you're talking about the 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 amount of, if you're talking about sheer volume of sales, not money, but volume of sales, and you're talking about the number of players in the market, and you're talking about where a lot of the innovation about monetizing games is coming from, what you're looking at right sure. now is is the mobile market. Yeah. And one of the things that mobile has made, you know, really clear is that it's an ex- it's a place to experiment where some stuff is is really working some stuff is working right now but will deep six very soon in the future mm-hmm. i would think right um and one of the things that that is definitely that we're looking at are people that are saying we like digital content and one of the things that's also coming up is a fact of you know in in 15 years if you're still buying a console and you're not streaming play your game online um that could be something that very well is what replaces the console yeah. market. As you say, yeah. I want to subscribe well, to Xbox and you play your shit yeah. online. That's the biggest danger, I think, with digital content is just the sheer concept that at some point the content that you have paid for might not be available anymore. Yes. And it's not something that I think is a for – for the current – big three console manufacturers, mm-hmm. I don't see them fucking their gamers over 
with, you know, in, in 10 years or 15 years because it's bad business, right? Right. But what happens if one of those companies just flat out goes away, right? Then right. if you've bought digital content, there is no, there is no longer a company there to... Guarantee. to guarantee your rights or right. I, I, don't, I, I shouldn't like, say rights I should say guarantee your privileges that they have granted you that's um, a that's a Supreme Court case that has not yet happened yeah and to be fair I mean let's be honest it's a Supreme Court case that has not yet happened because this is a an entirely new way of right. distributing right. product to a consumer the the worry I, and I think it, this is this is kind of a, a meta worry sure. as opposed to like an individual gamer worry is that what happens when we we move to a system where digital content is all that's available and a company that creates that digital content goes away well his what kind of historical retention do we have for the games that that company has created we don't have any like no. yes technically it ex- exists in the cloud right like there's it'll exist on the internet somewhere in, right. in King's a quasi, Quest 5 quasi legal format but yeah. i could always torrent um, a copy of homeworld right <laughs> <laughs> but from some obscure guy in belarus <laughs> i love this game game is great 2d strategy is for pussy i hear I have server set up in my basement. Right. It's it's exactly. It's like Karnov and I are having a land party for playing fucking Homeworld. <laughs> not, not to jump in an industry no one cares about, but uh, NC stuff shut up, is shutting down uh, City of Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Like and 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 see that's an interesting little twist on this whole thing. Yeah. Are is the MMO right? Where there have been MMO plenty of MMOs already yeah. that have sprung up and shut the fuck down. Yep. Where you don't actually have a game experience. You just have an online community. And if that community dies enough that the company that supports it isn't making any money anymore, that community goes away. Yeah. Right. Like, just period. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting. It's, 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 to me, it's less of an issue in that instance than it is in the instance with a single-player experience. Sure. Like, if I buy a game digitally that's meant to be a single player experience and then and the digital version is the only version that's ever come out right and then all of a sudden the company that makes it goes away and the company that makes the console goes away well what the fuck happens to that the history of that experience like right Mm-hmm. Because right now, if I really want to play a copy of Low G Man, I can go to a fucking game store and I can find a copy of Low G Man. It's right. not um, it, it, the company Taxan is gone, yep. and uh, the NES is no longer available. But Low G Man, I, I can still get an NES, and Low G Man is still available for the three dollars that I paid for it. Sure, um, it's it's worrisome because. Uh, the way IP law works, if the company goes away and the console manufacturer goes away, there still might be somebody out there that can fuck you for trying to emulate it or right. trying to sell to, it or to trying to even copy, get a copy yeah, get copy, a copy yeah, of it. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of it's, there's it's a, a there, there's a level of like a lot of people have kind of come to me with, with this conversation at at work because the things that I do at work are a lot of in the virtual PC space. And it's one of those questions of when we are talking about the longevity of physical licensed software versus digital and what's Mm going to live longer. And there's one crowd that argues that the physical stuff is going to live longer because it's actually in a storable form and you can bury it in sure. the fucking mountains and da, da, da. Yeah. There's another crowd that argues that because digital, it's it, because of things like Torrent, where it lives on hundreds of thousands of different hard drives and RAID arrays all over the world and in clouds now and hybrids and the whole nine, mm-hmm. that it's going to live. No one honestly knows right and it all depends on which form of the apocalypse you'd subscribe to right right? zombie or emp exactly right (laughs) there's 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 the apocalypse where technology goes to shit right and there's the apocalypse where technology takes over humanity yes it it could be argued that something like blade runner or judge dread is a form of apocalypse right where it's dystopian where yes 
or or like we were talking before the show started, we were talking about Neuromancer. There, right. There's an argument that that's a form of apocalypse where, sure. um, yes, technology is is ubiquitous and it's something that's available to everybody. But in some ways, it has like subjugated humanity, and right. so if you know in that version of in that version of of an apocalypse, then sure, if you really want to fucking delve deep enough, you can probably find a digital copy of Borderlands Two in twenty you know twenty one forty two. Well, and and you know, depending on the vision of the future you've got, you can you can ask a computer that has Major Barrett's voice, and she'll just and she'll just <laughs> pop it up in a holodeck for you. Hey, as, uh, as long but, as as long as my ghost can continue to play fucking <laughs> Borderlands and XCOM, <laughs> Enemy Unknown, that's okay by me. Now, I for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I really have this image in my mind of Data like hopping into a holodeck and turning into a fucking hunter from Borderlands all of a sudden. It's just like Brent Spider walks up to you and just be like, "More meat for the meat puppets." <laughs> fucking Spot becomes a becomes his fucking hawk. Like, <laughs> uh, sorry, that's God. like that's like so many levels of nerdy. Oh, it's not even funny. Your anyway, tail just grew barbs on the end of it, sir. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that that was a fucking horrible tangent on on talking about uh, like what i'm playing so and i'm not even going to be involved in the rest of the show so james what are you playing uh i've uh, i'm sorry i'm awake now okay don't care moving on matthew what Uh, are you playing sorry if i bored you i'm playing uh torchlight 2 which came out a couple weeks ago and the game is the game is diablo 3 except it's fun (laughs) (laughs) yes and I want to keep playing it, whereas I don't want to keep playing Diablo 3. There you go. Um, and it only costs $20. And yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Other extra plus. Yeah. But good I mean, I already bought Tor- I, I bought Torchlight 1 for the first time two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. When you buy Torchlight 2, you get Torchlight 1 for free. Sucker. Motherfuck. <laughs> Motherfuck. <laughs> Luke at the beginning of the show is like, maybe we should not drop as many f bombs on this one. I mean, not that not that it's really bad. I mean, we, it's part of the conversation, but maybe we should. Maybe maybe we should not jump. Wait, wait, I get a copy of what if I buy what? Excuse me for a second. I literally literally put together my uh, PC rig uh, based on a monitor that I bought like three fucking weeks ago. And, and watched everything drop in price by a hundred oh. bucks per component. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Welcome to PC gaming, my friend. I had a chance to play a game yesterday. So succulent. That one hour of having free time. Yeah, just no like shit, I right? was. It literally, it, you know, you do not have enough time in the day when you're sitting there going, "I could masturbate." No. So, um. Borderlands or a handjob? Borderlands or a handjob? Wait, 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 wait. Ultimate handjob? Ultimate boy fantasy. Honey, come here! A little too much insight into the Matthews household today. Oh, insight my ass. Let's see my girlfriend go along with that plan. Hey, babe, while I'm sitting here playing this game that you probably are not terribly interested on, could you, uh. So, I, I, I became totally obsessed with Mark of the Ninja at PAX. Oh, it's so Grabbed good. Grabbed it, it so and it's... Good. Oh, it is. It really is. I wish is. those guys weren't so vehement against PSN because I really want it, but I don't have an Xbox anymore. Yeah, I, it's... I've, no, it's... It, it is... I have... You know, it was one of those where I played... The last serious uh, platformer that I got really involved in and, and, and honestly really enjoyed was sort of a mix back and forth between Shadow Complex and Limbo. Shadow um, Complex is good. It was good, and and Limbo is really good, and yeah. I was, and ever since then, it's been like Vessel was one I looked at, and it was kind of it was sitting there going, I could go Vessel, or I could go, yeah, I'm gonna try Mark of the Ninja. Mark of the Ninja is amazing. It yeah, is, it really is what good. I really wished Ninja Gaiden would have evolved into. Like, yeah, oh, it's so. And good. there's, a, and this is a game that has an incredible replayability because you go through it the first time, and you're just, you know, kill a guy, kill a guy. You get really, you know, it's fun to kill a guy. 
But then it's almost like Symphony of the Night, where it's like, I could play the game one way, or I could go through and actually, yeah. instead of being completionist, I can play it without killing anybody mm-hmm. and get more points. I'm going to try that Interesting. out. And it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's fun like that. Um, can't praise it enough, so I'm going to cut myself off voluntarily there and so say that. So before, before you continue to whatever the next game you're going to sure. talk about is, sure. and I've talked about this a billion times on the show, and no, I still haven't finished it, but once you're done with Mark of the Ninja, do you mm-hmm. have a PS3? No, I don't. I need to... I, I, I know. I know. There's... In now order that, for now me, that the PS3 Slim Slim Slim, Slim, Slim. is going to be out, the PS3 uh, Slim Shady, you could probably get an original PS3 or a <laughs> PS3 Slim instead of a PS3 Slim Slim for <laughs> fairly fairly cheap. They are uh, getting it. Try the new uh, PS3 butt crack. Dude. Guess what? It's thinner than. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been playing Shadowrun. It, it feels like the last three months, and I've only played like ten <laughs> hours. <laughs> for the last uh, two weeks, we've been screwing up physics of time and space <laughs> and our own ability to, you know, oh, God. We've been playing Shadowrun. Um, this one's a little bit weird, because when you say when we say we've been playing this game, you know, there's a Super NES version, a whatever version, and they're pretty much the same thing with different control styles or, you know. Right. Right. This one is like playing two different games entirely. Yeah. So we're going st- to just give you a little bit of background on it. The Super NES version of it came out in 1993. It was released by Beam Software and released by Data East. Uh, it came out in 94 in Japan. Uh, it was... Sort of loosely based off of one of the Shadowrun novels, uh, mm-hmm. Never Do a Deal with a Dragon, I think was the name of it. Um, it received a lot of acclaim, didn't get a whole heck of a lot of sales. It was no. big for like a few months and right. then just, just died. Um, about a year later, uh, the Genesis version came out. And this was developed by Blue Sky uh software both of well which was at that point part of interplay before they got screwed over in 2001 and were forced into bankruptcy um totally different game it was a big open world storyline big old sandbox it was very 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 different from the super nes version and it's the one that i think most people if you ask them politely or if you put a gun to their head would say that was the better of the two titles yeah universally it was kind of considered that uh, there was a Sega Mega CD version that was released in, it, only in Japan. But, but no it, one bought the Mega CD, so it doesn't really matter. But it doesn't really matter, so if I can remove it on. Um, I'm going to d- d- jump out with just the, the, the two things of, of uh, just kind of basically what the stories were about real fast, which was Jake in the Super NES version is who you play, and that's who James Jake, mostly yeah, played. Jake Armitage. <laughs> what a name. Oh, God. There was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to leave the anime out and just pretend that there wasn't any correlation between the two, knowing that there probably was. Yeah. Uh, Jake wakes up in a morgue. Jake actually has, I think, the cooler beginning. Jake yeah. wakes up in a morgue, yeah, scares the piss out of a couple of guys, and then basically then goes through a run and gun memento storyline, yeah. trying to figure out who it was that. You know, did this and to essentially him. that's all the start you get is that you wake up in a morgue and then you scare the the, the morticians and then you're in this world. <laughs> Good luck, right? And it's it, it, the, and the, the basic game could be described as discover the douche, fuck him up bad, save Seattle, everybody wows. Yeah, Joshua in the Genesis version watches his brother get gunned down on TV on the news and then travels to Seattle and tries to find out who did it for lack of a better term. Joshua, as opposed to Jake, can be one of three different styles of character from the Shadowrun universe. Mm. Uh, basic storyline here, discover the douche, fuck him up bad, save Seattle, everybody wows. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> um, so the two things I was kind of looking at in this was, you know, being that we're talking about two different games, let's kind of go through how do the games stand up to each other and then yeah. how do they stand up Totally. So let's kind of, James, tell me about the Super Nintendo. So the Super Nintendo is, uh, it's a Western style RPG. Um, Isometric. Isometric view. So Mm. three, four is terrible. Fucking hate isometric view games. (laughs) Um, I don't, I I don't think they work in this, in this format. No. Uh, And you're given, 
whereas in like whereas in like in Final Fantasy uh, two or three, you're you're basically playing an RPG on a rail. Right. You have you're given in the, all the directions you need, and you just stay on the path, and you get to the end of the game. Right. Um, and there's a giant grind fest, and it gets very boring and tedious after a while. This sure. is a it's a very open world. Um, what the, you can explore the areas, and uh, there's barriers that keep you from going to stuff. But but it's essentially um, you're given no direction whatsoever. Right. You you go out of the moor, you go into the street, and then one guy runs into you, and you talk to him for a little while, and then he runs down an alley, and then everywhere you go, people are shooting at you. <laughs> Which is and kind of like, why don't you guys be so douche yeah, to me? Seriously. Yeah. So, like, everybody's shooting at you, and you're supposed to follow the guy, and then when that guy gets killed, you're supposed to take the gun off his body. Um, but the room you go in where he, where he dies... Mm. You start getting shot at before you even see there's a weapon in there. <laughs> so you're just like, okay, I'm getting shot at. I shouldn't go this way. I'll turn around. Now I don't have a weapon. What Damn the it. fuck do I do? Right. This is one of those day. This is one of those where the school of the first five minutes of gameplay sets the tone for the entire game. Oh yeah. And this is this is game came out obviously before that was even in the an idea in people's heads. Yeah. And it's just like. It, you're just dropped off in a world, and you're not given any sort of direction or information on what to do, um, and everything wants to kill you. <laughs> and it isn't like Mario, where you get direction, oh, I can jump on the Goomba, and then he dies. Maybe I should jump on other things and see what happens. No, you're just, no, it's great. Uh, is there a gun here somewhere? Is there, is there something for me to shoot people with? I don't know. Oh, I got shot again. Great. It, yeah, it's the mechanic. This is one of the things that drove me nuts about this. So... I played a little bit of the Super NES version of this, and and I spent most of my time on the Genesis. And obviously, James played all the Super NES, to which my heartfelt condolences, because that is the biblical term is ball suckage. Um, but the S- the Super NES version and the Genesis version both suffer from the same flaw of they sort of dump you in this world, and they don't give you a lot of... They dump you in... A, a, the SNES version, the Super NES version, a kind of semi-sandbox. The the yeah. Genesis version is a total sandbox. Oh, God. They don't give you a lot of really solid direction as to where to go, what to do, everything else. Now, in the Genesis version, it's a little easier to pick up on. Sure. In the Super NES version, I, I, I hung in there for a half hour before I just became so damn frustrated. I almost yeah. hucked the it controller. Felt, it felt like I was playing Maniac Mansion with people <laughs> shooting at me the entire time. <laughs> I don't even have time to try and put the hamster in the toaster. I'm just getting shot. <laughs> so how far did you get into this? I played a couple hours. I played like an hour or so just wandering around, never finding the gun. And then I went to GameFAQs and started over. And then I found the gun and I started shooting things. And um, and then I played a couple more hours and it just became a grind fest while you were wandering yeah. around. And this, I just lost interest. Because people are randomly shooting at you. You don't know why. And no one gives you a context. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of my, my experience with the Genesis version was that once you actually... The levels aren't very big. Sure. They they're are, not very big in the Super Nintendo version either. They're not very big in the but Super there's, Nintendo there's version. there's a lot of nooks and crannies. Like, you can just right. walk into this building and then walk into that building and then walk over to this building. Right. And all the doors are locked except for one. And you walk into that door and you get shot at. Right. <laughs> and so that was kind of the, like, as far as playability of the game, it was it was one where I, I, I just, I, I, I couldn't. It yeah. looked like... I couldn't navigate very well because of the the isometric view, which doesn't eight and sixteen bit games that do that attempt isometric do it badly. Yeah, and top down view was much easier to navigate. Um, the I don't understand where it is that that this game actually got the kind of reviews that it got when it when it first came out on Super NES. It got big time good reviews and not and this was about the point where we started kind of getting away from nintendo power says that everything on nintendo is awesome yeah you had you had some independent somewhat independent sources like right. game pro and, I, and egm right. um there were some things i liked about the interface um it, the interface made a really good use of the controller mm-hmm. like you could just um you could go and click on or click on an item it felt like they're porting a, a computer game over to the Super Nintendo. Right. Uh, and you could click on an item and get context, or you could do 
Uh, you could use the shoulder buttons to do quick actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just shoulder button, open an item, a shoulder button to grab it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the way that the interface and the controls mat- worked in the game, they, they, they actually, the controls worked really well. So they, so they, so they came up with a really cool control scheme for an awesome action RPG, and then they forgot to actually create an awesome action RPG. Essentially, okay, fuckers. Um, so, I, it, it here's the other thing, and I don't know how versed in Shadowrun are you? Not particularly. Okay. Nerd moment tale I am. Okay. Because um, I really got into the fact that when I was when I moved up here and then Shadowrun came out very shortly thereafter. Mm. And it was based out of Seattle. Right. And so it was like, it was one of those where for those folks that, that don't, and I, and I think it's one where it's kind of sad because Cyberpunk is based out of a fanciful place. And of course, all the other RPGs out there are based out of fanciful locations. And right. Shadowrun was the one where they were like, hey, we're going to actually try to base it out of real places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those where you could kind of, you got into this world that they, that they created that was very, very, uh, it was very rich. I mean, there were a lot of conflicts in, in the, in the tabletop RPG that were very cool. And I looked for those in the SNES version and it almost looked like it was basically annoyed that they had to exist in this world that was created by somebody else. And it was it was weird because I'm looking at I'm going through the S the Super NES version and it's like going through a Philip Marlowe album or uh, novel excuse me it's like it's all these wood paneled this that and the other and these you know arch but there's nothing about it that jumps out at me and goes this is the future or this is Seattle or this is Seattle nothing you know whereas the Genesis version had both. And granted, there's only so much where you can, you, and it's really surface kind of stuff. Like, oh wow, look, heavily pixelated totem things on the door. <laughs> yeah. But you know, at the same point in time, it was still, you know, the map of the world looked like looked kind of like the Puget Sound, and and the the areas where you were able to go just had the futuristic feel to them. And yes, every restaurant that you went to didn't matter where it was, even if it was the middle of Salishy Indian country or if it was in the middle of the Redmond Barrens or downtown Seattle, they all looked the same. Okay, weird, but th- things like this you forgive if the game experience is good. Yeah. Super NES version did not have anything. Yeah, like it gave you no connection to where the location at all. It could have been happening in New York City in the 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah! Um, so... The shadow, the the Super NES version was not a good introduction to the to the Shadowrun universe at all. It doesn't really look much like the areas that it's supposed to portray. And the other thing is that if as the Super NES one almost looked like a, a, it almost looked like they tried the idea maybe of developing it within a vehicle as like maybe we'll get people kind of interested in the Shadowrun world. But they don't do it very well. No, the Genesis version, I would say, the sin is on the opposite side of the coin. Where they expect people to have knowledge of the the. Yes, you come into it if you don't know who you know. I mean, there's things like okay, I don't know who Ares Technology is, or I don't know who you know Mitsuhama is, or I don't know that this dragon is cool, or you know whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't get the. I don't get the the. Whereas those people that played Shadowrun, if you're sitting there at the end of the game, spoiler. Um, and you actually, you know, dragon head bust through the wall. First words out of your mouth are holy shit, because you've been so immersed in this world. Um, you've just been marinated in it for the last, you know, 20, 30 hours of gameplay that it actually kind of, some of the, some of the concepts actually come through, but this, but the Genesis version pops you right in and goes, yes, you know, I got it. We got a job from a Johnson and you're sitting here going, Wait a minute, a cock gave you work? <laughs> Did the penis pay you? Did it pay you in dollar bills? What the hell's a new yen? You know, yeah. it's it, you're just kind of sitting there like you 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 can really say that the Genesis version assumes a lot of Shadowrun knowledge on the player. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a lot of it, it it is kind of a disorienting thing to get into it. Um other than that, the, the Super NES version, did it allow you to play other classes or anything from... No, you just customized whatever stats you had. You were, um, And you had to do that, you had to grind and kill enemies and right. grind and grind, grind and grind and grind. And grind, and grind. And grind. So, oh, and the only place you could level up is when you went to a save point. <laughs> this is when you fell asleep in a bed? Yeah. Oh, God. 
<laughs> okay. Um. So, overall, I mean, is there anything redeeming about this game whatsoever on the Super NES? Anything? Uh, I feel stretch? like if, I. I feel like if the game had been more fun, <laughs> if they if they'd taken this control scheme and taken it and put it into a game that was actually fun. <laughs> Uh, the sound's terrible. The graphics yeah. aren't good. Yeah. Um, no, there are very few, if any, redeeming qualities about the Super Nintendo version. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a goddamn train wreck of a game. Which is really... This is one of the things that is is sad because, I mean... Uh, granted, okay, first of all, uh, the company that put out the... the, the uh, Data East put out... Data, Data East famous for Super Star Wars. Super Star Wars. It wasn't bad dudes, Data East, or, or yeah. Yeah. Was, um, I'm like, really? Adam's family. Yeah. At, okay. So this was the... Karnov. 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 Okay, yes. Karnov was their one <laughs> gem, and then after that, they just... <laughs> L- little diamond packed in the, uh, the carbon. <laughs> yeah. It's the one diamond that shot out of Cameron, and everything else was coal. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... It was, yeah, I mean, this da- was... Data East is your pinball manufacturer trying to make video games. Yeah. And, again, it's kind of like the whole... Fighter's history dynamite! <laughs> Shut up, Luke! <laughs> <sighs> so, I'm going to jump into the, the Genesis uh, experience of this because... Because uh, it, it's made by Interplay, who are responsible for Dungeon Master, or uh, not Dungeon, yeah, Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master. Yeah. Uh, Lost Vikings. Yeah. And and Blue Sky, actually, um, if you if you guys go up ahead and uh, Wikipedia Blue Sky Software, they actually have a list of titles out there that I went, oh yeah, I remember playing that. That was cool. I remember playing that too. That was cool. I didn't remember to write any of them down because I'm a schmuck, but I remember playing that and it was cool. Um the Genesis, on the other hand, was entirely different. Um, I haven't really sat down and played a Genesis game in a long, seriously long time, and I forgot how much, and, and, and about a bunch of people are going to yell at me for what I'm about to say, I forgot how much the Genesis controller sucks. It's not good. I forgot how much of it. It's like literally trying to it's, negotiate it's sex big, with it, a brick. It's as big as the original Xbox controller and half as responsive. And half as responsive, twice as heavy, and it's literally, it's, it's, it's like trying intercourse with a brick. It is just painful to have to sit there and mash in the d-pad thankfully this game is not very twitchy and it's there's no real need for it right so there's nothing like that that really bugs you at the same point in time you are going to be unless you are playing it in a fashion that you shouldn't be bad people don't do it um you're going to be playing it on a brick yeah that being said the controls of this i remember sega genesis games being games that a lot of other games being ones that unless they were like fantasy star they were games that if they tried to do action adventure titles or platformers at all, it would the controller would drive me nuts and it would eventually just get too frustrating. Yeah. This one does not suffer from that because it doesn't really require you to have that kind of twitch reaction. Um, the it, 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 combat is fun. The story is fun. It gets you involved in it right away. There's a lot of sitting down and reading. But it's you know, but it's not. It's too an RPG. You're buying into the the sitting the, the right. wall of text, anyways. Oh, what's combat like in the Sega Genesis version? Because in the Super Nintendo version, it's uh, switch your cursor to a reticule, put it on enemy, right? Click as fast as you can. Genesis version is basically you point towards an enemy. A box highlights up, a green box, a yellow box, box, and you hit your attack button. And there's various different attacks that you can do. Your you also get your uh, your party to come with you. Um, so they uh, sometimes the attack button is oh look there's a bad guy, shoot him. Uh, hey guys, can you go and yeah, but give me the Cheetos first. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Kill his ass. <laughs> All right, thank you. And you move on. You just you eat your Cheetos. Your your dudes kill their dudes, and all dudes then progress. Sure. Um, the you get three different kind of styles of character to play the decker the street sam the gator shaman um the decker is fun as hell it's you literally get to play it's like wait a minute i i go into the computer i i'm able to hack into the computer and i get to play fantasy star with all over again it's it, it is just you go from <laughs> fantasy star combat to 
strange top-down combat to fantasy star combat to, okay, well, this is, you know, you just go about bouncing back and forth. As the decker, everybody I, that I would talk to about this game remembers playing the decker, remembers basically get your deck, go to that first terminal, hack it. It's easy. Don't worry about it. Just hack it, get your stuff, get a bunch of money, build up huge loots, go buy new stuff. Go back, hack it again, huge loots, rinse, repeat. Get yourself to the point where you are the second wealthiest man in Seattle and then be <laughs> like, uh, I was, uh, God, three months ago I came here penniless. I was going to do something. Oh, my brother. Shit. That's right. Who <laughs> killed him? Who's the douche? I have endless bucks to spend to find out. I throw money at the problem. You literally throw money at the problem. So it's just like IT today. Yeah, it is like IT today. Oh, wow. I can't fix that. Throw more hardware at it. Um, it's. It was actually, though, I mean, playing as the Street Sam or the Gator Shaman is definitely the harder way to do it. But if you play as the Decker, it's Decker is, I like, I'm in it for all the dollars. Uh-huh. And, and enjoy yourself. Um, for a Genesis game, the one thing I will say about it is that the music and the sound was actually pretty decent. Wow. Which is, is that weird. Po- is that possible? Yeah, it is. Too? Because the music, I was just like sitting there going, wow, this sounds really 80s. And then I remember thinking to myself, all of the cyberpunk stuff that I really enjoy is 80s and so the whole concept of it is so that's once i got over that part i'm like oh all right this is pretty dope name is greatest hits right and the nice thing is is you can play the game with the sound off and it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) which is inevitably what i wound up doing anyway um so long and the short of it i mean this is probably going to be a really short segment because there's two versions of this there is it's super awesome it really blows. Yeah. The version... I don't think this is... Now, this is not for virtual console at all, if I remember correctly. Uh, I, I do don't not, believe so. Let me take a look no, here at the, it's not. the Wikipedia's. Um, the Sega version is available on the Sega Genesis. Yes, it is. And the Super Nintendo version is available on the Super Nintendo. Yes, it is. And, and never, never the two shall meet again. No. Well, in between the fact that FASA Corporation is no longer around and their IP for Shadowrun is owned by somebody else who obviously does not want to see it on right. there without monies, and then these three companies that made the titles are dead. All long but dead, yeah. Yeah, and I think G-Mode owns all of Data East's content now, so they're completely gone. Yeah. So that one's just... So do not expect this on Virtual Console, but if you get a chance to go out and get... The Genesis version, version. by all means, go snag it. If you have a chance to get the Super Nintendo version, all means, avoid it like the play. It is. It will give you the... You will wake up, and there will be spots on your genitals. And it will be... It is cyber herpes. Yes, it is cyber orc herpes. It's Shadowrun, dude. So you got to throw the fantasy. It's cyber... It's it's mystical, glittery cyber orc herpes. We'll We'll show up on your... We'll show up... On your on your sausage or your giny, and when you walk out the door, I will be sitting there in front of your house, going, "Dude, so told you. <laughs> You're not even going to be able to scrub that off. Don't buy that game. Buy the." <laughs> Well, so there was uh, Cliffy leaving. Oh, Cliffy B leaving Epic Games. Epic Games. It's a big deal. No, it's not. No, it's people leave their fucking companies all the time. The two, what was it like two weeks ago? The two guys that are like the leads of of uh, Bioware. Yeah, fucking reti- retired out of the gaming industry. Yeah, they're like, fuck you guys. We make cool shit, and all you can do is bitch about it. See ya! Screw you right. guys! We're going <laughs> home! They're rich, and they're going to go do something else. And yeah. you know what? It happens. Yeah. People get sick of their industries. People get sick of the job they're doing, and they feel like leaving this for something else. Cliffy B, I'm sure he will go... He'll probably stay in the gaming industry, and you know what? Who the fuck cares? Yeah, because- gonna, there was actually the, the kind of the larger point that I was looking at with this is that... Is there any name in the industry that actually matters enough to where a story like this is sh- is shaking enough? Maybe Tim Schafer. Really? Maybe. Maybe Satoru Iwata. Because right? I can, I like, can it, think it, of... Iwata's, maybe Kojima. 
Ko- Kojima, Kojima, Iwata, three or five years ago, maybe Sid Meier. Sure. But even in those instances, the thing that I have to say about an industry that's rooted in technology, any industry that's rooted in technology, when when other people leave, the void is filled by the people who are able to innovate and yeah. fill and fill that space with something new. Yeah. So Cliffy B leaving Epic Games means that either A, Epic Games will die and something right. else will fill that void. Which it's is unlikely because they're right. making a crap ton of money off the Unreal 3 um, engine. But yeah. it, the, what, in the reality, the reality of it is that somebody there somebody new will come along. Sure. It, yeah. Fucking A. It's like, who, like, even if Tim Schafer were just to say, fuck it, I'm not making video games anymore. Right. Somebody would fill his space. Somebody would, if not fill his space, create something new that the gamers that loved his space would would enjoy. Yeah, because it was like, I mean, there's stories of people, like there was one of of Chris Roberts is coming back into some new company, I have no idea, but he's coming back into the games industry, and it received all of nanoseconds of interest from people. And I'm like, you know, it's, and this is the one where I was kind of looking at it going, there's no... People have tried to make a big deal out of names being either doing voiceovers for games or big designers or anything else like that. But it's such a collaborative industry. Right. And there's so much turnaround in it that you can't say the team that brought you. Well, not to mention the fact that... Did anyone give a shit when Team Ninja left Tecmo? Uh, yeah, not really. Not, not the, really. The, the the other thing about that is that in in an industry like this where um, there is so much turnaround and it, it mm. cycles so fast, right. uh, somebody like Cliffy B likely was part of Epic Games and made this cool, had these grand ideas and made this cool shit which turned into Gears of War. Right. right? And the Gears of War franchise, right. which revolutionary the first gears of war was a revolutionary title for its time everyone loved it 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 did things that had never been done before and then it got sequelitis and i'm pretty sure that anybody in that situation tim schaefer has done this fucking david jaffe did this uh when their when their original ideas start getting annualized or sequelitis Mm -hmm. they they're just like you know what i'm not doing anything fucking creative anymore i got to Go somewhere, go somewhere where else. I can do something new, right. and um, that new unlike thing, the Madden developers, they have a soul, right? <laughs> and the the new thing, <laughs> to be entirely honest, may not l- in the ga- eyes of gamers, it may not live up to quote unquote what the, their big thing, right? right? Like I'm sure that whatever David Jaffe is doing is never going to live up to God of War. Right. It's just not going to in gamers' no. eyes. That doesn't mean it's not good, right? Tim Schafer is doing some pretty cool stuff, but is any of it as good as Psychonauts? No. Mm, probably not. I mean, it well, um, it's, it's like the, you know, the Wachowski brothers do Matrix realize that the last two are shit and then go, hmm, we're going to take off for a while and we're going to yeah. go find some oh, Cloud Atlas. I'm going to hack off my dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and wait. then make Cloud a new Atlas. movie. <laughs> So who do we get to do it? The guy that did Run Lola One. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let's try that. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. I the, I think what it really boils down to is like, who the fuck cares what Cliffy B does? Because you yeah. know what, it's the not going to change the anything. Per, the only no. people who care is him and his family. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's his money and his his life. Exactly. And yeah. He wasn't fucked over by Kurt Schilling. <laughs> All right. The next, Either which uh, way. Thanks for Gears of War, dog. <laughs> uh, the next few episodes of the show are planned out like uh, forever. So yeah. episode 66, the next episode, we're going to do Bio- Bionic Commando. Um, I, I hope that each of us will... Um, like I know that I own Bionic Commando Rearmed, oh, so yeah. I'm going to play that as well as the original. If yeah. I actually have time, unlike this episode... <laughs> And that's why you guys only got 20 minutes about two video games, one of which was dog ass and the other one of which was really awesome. But you only got 20 minutes because Luke didn't do it. Right, because I didn't ramble on and extend things artificially. Uh, We We didn't have a tangent about uh, cyberpunk novels in the 1970s for three hours in between. Right. Yes. Well, that's because Andy wasn't here. (laughs) Episode 67. We know when to end it when it's bad. (laughs) This is stale. 
How was the sex? Stale. Did you stop? Not really. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Episode 67 is going to be a little Nemo, which is going to be an interesting one because that one is not available in any form other than the original. Uh, And then episode 68 is going to be Rocket Knight Adventures, which I don't remember. Which is another one, which um, I never played the original. So uh, somebody's we got to get somebody on this show that's played the original. So uh, we'll probably talk to Andy because I know he has. um, By the way, this was so um, and Shadowrun was a listener request, if I remember. Yeah, this correctly. was, this this was, was Snickers. Snicker, that's Snickers right. request. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, which Snickers. means thank Snick- you, Snicker. Hey, Snicker, uh, you're <laughs> welcome for getting uh, 20 minutes of like just rambly bullshit for yeah. your uh, request. So I'm sorry I let you. Well, actually, I'm 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 very ha- thankful that you gave me the opportunity to go back and play a game that I really enjoyed and to show my appreciation. Yeah, the Genesis version you with good the dull fucking- 20 minutes. <laughs> Genesis version's good. Like, Genesis version was great. Uh, I got coal in my stock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, it's going to go uh, in the next month and a half. It's going to go Bionic Commando, Little Nemo, Rocket Knight Adventures. There's more coming after that that we already know. Uh, we'll let you know in the next few episodes. Uh, if you would like to follow the crew and follow our exploits in places other than just listening to the show, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the main show feed is at After the Fact Pod, which is pretty much relegated to just show announcements because yeah. nobody posts into it uh, very often. Nope. I am at Geek Elite. I am pretty eff- effusive on, on Twitter. Yeah. I've got six. 6700 something tweets and uh, I talk yeah. a lot. Oh, you have you have enough time to type 140 characters in between uh, novel pages. Exactly. <laughs> Matthew changed I his changed Twitter my feed. Twitter Uh-oh. because first of all, no oh. one knows how to spell my last name because somebody in Ireland at around 1200 AD decided Penny coin. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> decided that they were going to spell coin like a retard. <laughs> you know what? I want to fuck the English. I'm going to come up with a way to spell the thing that they love the most in a fashion that no one understands. Put a Y in it. Screw you. Some fucking, some, some fucking tax collector in Great Britain's like, it's got a fucking Y in it. All right. He changed his Twitter feed to at soccer underscore gamer. Which is more I don't accurate. even need to spell that. No, you don't. It's awesome. Ah. Uh, we can put a Y somewhere in there. <laughs> James is at James FNX yep. FNX uh, You can like our Facebook page At After The Fact Podcast It's facebook.com slash After The Fact Podcast um, You can follow us on XPLA and PSN uh, Matthew actually put his, his XPLA in Metro I've, uh, Yeah I've had that up on the page And I've, uh, I've one my, person ping my, me on it so My, yeah. my XPLA username if I'm ever on there Which is not very often Nail. It, almost nil at this yeah. point. Uh, when I'm Netflixing, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. is uh, James FNX. Okay, I'm Geek Elite yes. everywhere. Yeah, yes. so and that includes on on Twitter. So if you find um, me on PSN, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same if you find if you find me on on uh, XBLA because like I don't have an Xbox anymore. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can email the show if you want to be a part of the show. You can email us at afterthefact at geekerific uh, We will answer any email we get. Uh, and if you really want to be a part of the show, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook. Um, I still have not determined exactly what the contest is going to be for the uh, free copy of of the Rain Slick Precipice 3, the Penny Arcade third game. Um, So we will hopefully announce that contest in the next episode. Um, Hey, guys. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So how can you best do Luke's homework? So, yeah, sure. uh, my homework at Economics 201. The book is uh, if the you, eighth edition of econ- Microeconomics, actually, by Garrison. Bellevue College. Tell you what, if up. you email after the fact at geekerific.com with the best idea for a contest to get rid of this code, I'll give you the code. How about that? Dang. Yeah. Email, Better email. yet, if you email us with the best spam message. Yeah. <laughs> email us at, Geekerif- at after the fact at geekerific.com. Let us know what you think, how you think we should give away the code, and we will judge the best version of that, and we will give you a code for the a free copy of the third Penny Arcade game. It's a Steam code yep. for the third Penny Arcade game, Rain Slick Precipice. The three. first good Rain Slick Precipice game. Yes. Yes. Um, 
aside from that, there is nothing left to talk about. Peace uh, out. Hopefully, we will uh, we will do some good shit for Bionic Commando, and maybe I'll actually get to play it between now and the that'd time the next sweet. show comes. That'd around. be that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be really awesome. It would be all, it would also be really awesome if someone else actually showed up. So, Ooh. I wonder who that could it isn't, be. It isn't you this time. Our our Matt, Matthew coin is in this castle. In this castle. Yes, I'm in this castle. I have all your fucking coins, <laughs> and I listen to the <laughs> shows. With right. a fucking wine. Thank you, Matthew, for coming and being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank the both of you for actually playing the game and talking about it, even Ooh. though I was not pre- present for that part. Yeah. Yeah. I am Luke Matthews. This has been ex- episode 65 of the After the Fact Podcast, and we're out. Cyber giant crabs, really?